Hi, I'm Bobby, a caregiving consultant and educator, a caregiver support group leader, author of two books on caregiving, and a frequent speaker at caregiver conferences and webinars. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. Welcome to Dementia Spotlight, tips, truths, and straight talk about Alzheimer's and the many other forms of dementia. Interesting and informative guests will join us on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. And on the opposite Wednesdays, we will provide straight talk about what people need to know before and after caregiving begins, including controversial issues that others tend to avoid. While Dementia Spotlight is a new podcast on dementia care, for the past three years, we were the co-host of 167 episodes of the Roger That podcast. You can still check out those episodes on rogerthat.show. Via Dementia Spotlight, we continue our legacy of support for you as you are doing the toughest job you will ever do. You know, Bobby, you've spoken many times that caregivers may need to seek help when they are not able to provide the amount of care that may be required or needed. Sometimes that means hiring a caregiver consultant like you to provide some different perspectives and techniques or hiring a care manager, which is usually a healthcare professional. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm really glad that we're kicking off this new podcast with, with Karen. Because one of the things that we want to point out to caregivers and those who will become caregivers is this is a difficult thing to deal with, even with the best of intentions. It's okay and learn as much as you can about these devastating brain diseases and how to react to them. And that brings us to today's guest, who is a registered nurse and the CEO, COO, of Eldementals LLC. She is a professional care manager with over 30 years experience in the healthcare industry. She has been working since 2001 as a private healthcare consultant, care advisor, and care manager in the DC metro area. Her specialty is managing complex care needs and providing concierge-style care management for private clients. As a care manager and an aging life care professional, she has been educated in the various fields of human services, including case management, psychology, mental health, gerontology, and a certified dementia practitioner. We are very pleased to welcome Ms. Karen MacPhail. Karen, thank you again for, for being with us today. Oh, it's truly a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I understand from talking to you a bit before that your parents were affected? Um, well, I had actually one family member who was affected by dementia, sadly. And, and it, was, it was really a, a challenging journey for our family. Um, it was something that, as a care manager, I think, you know, gave me, however, more perspective. You know, I feel like as an individual, we have many challenges across our lifetime. And when I'm presented with one, I try and think about what I can learn from that specific challenge. And for me, although it was difficult having a loved one with dementia and having to go through that journey and that process with them and with my family, it taught me many things that, that were helpful for my, my patients in the future, my family members, and allowed me to have further perspective on what it's like to be a caregiver and not just to be a care manager. Um, one thing that I, I sometimes hear from, from professionals in the dementia care world is once a family member becomes involved, it's a very different experience. 
It's a totally and completely different experience. I know for me, I was a lot, <laughs> I was a lot different in how I thought I would react to things. Um, I was more of a meme type Karen, I think, when I had a loved one with with dementia. Um, you know, I I really was not as patient as I would have liked to have been. Um, I I think it took a while for me to finally sit there and and really pedal back and say, Karen, it's time to take the advice that you give. Um, but <laughs> I love I, you know, it's when you're working with family members, you have enormous perspective. But when it's yourself, all of a sudden, the decisions become more difficult, the choices become less clear, and and the emotions start to take over. Um, so it definitely was, was a learning experience for me. Um, I think I did finally get my perspective on things and did listen to a lot of the um, the information that I, that I guide my patients and, and following and my family members in guiding. But it, it took me some time. It really did. Uh, one thing that I've learned is that it's really important uh, for you to have a good plan in place. A lot of good planning will save you a lot of heartache and, and will help when you have those times when you feel the stress coming on. It helps you to be able to make good decisions, to remember and to get your focus back when you have a good documented plan in place. And I think it helps also to be able to be mindful and reminded of following the express wishes of your loved one when, when perhaps they're unable to do so anymore. You know, it's interesting when we were taking care of my dad, and of course, we had maybe three to five percent of the knowledge that we have now. <laughs> you know, doing it now, we would react very, very differently than what we did at the time because at least we hope yes <laughs> at, at the time i know i personally had a lot less patience because i knew what my dad was and that's where oftentimes the disconnect is that you're still looking at that person still looks the same but their brain isn't working the same and we forget that we're still looking at them as what they were as opposed to someone having a devastating brain disease yeah. Yeah. That piece can become difficult for many family members. And, and I really try to work very early on with families to educate on the dementia process and, and, and try and give them some understanding of what they can expect and some tools for how to communicate and how to really use all those aspects of an individual's life, their culture, their experiences, things that were important to them, in order to then tap into preserve memory and have meaningful engagement down the line. Um, the other piece that I try to really teach family members is showing compassion. You know, at each moment in our life, we have decisions to make. Every day is filled with decisions. And every day we do the absolute best that we can in making those. So I really stress showing compassion, not only for others, because we're great usually with that, most of us, but showing compassion for ourselves along the way. And, and especially, you know, and, and looking back after a loved one has passed. I think it's very important um, for everyone to understand that piece. Now, you mentioned, you know, bringing in their culture and in bringing in compassion. Um, can you give an example or two? Because I'm sure our listeners are going to say, okay, that sounds great, but what do I do? 
Yeah, and and that's something you know. I I came up with sort of an approach many years ago, um, which is called the face approach to dementia, and and really it's it's a number of steps um, focusing on on a lot of areas, um, focusing on environment, focusing in on the individual, and 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 trying to look at not just verbalizations but facial expressions, body language, environment, and and really trying to connect and tap into preserve memory to kind of bring things forward. And and I sort of you know talk to families also about. Um, employing something called a trauma-informed care approach, which we, a lot of times we do as healthcare providers, and I, I actually educate a lot of healthcare providers on this because I think it's critical for dementia. You know, understanding where an individual has been um, really does impact where they are along the way, present day and in the future. Um, for example, uh, I had an individual who um, I had known for several years, really began uh, care managing early on in their dementia process. Learned quite a lot about her by doing a very good, not only healthcare chronology and, and history, but, but also just really learning over the years about her past as we formed sort of trust along the way in our relationship. And I was glad that I did. I had found out that she had come from an abusive childhood background. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we were able to talk about a lot of that early on. But later on in her dementia process, I remember um, the care committee called me late one night and they couldn't figure out how to help her. And medication wasn't working and, and all these other pieces were not working. And I came out and I sat with her and, and you know, she was someone who had a lot of um, expressive aphasia. But I was able to key into some keywords and help to sort of bring that around for her and and slowly realized where she was. She was there locked in the room by the man who had taken her years ago. And I helped to be able to connect with her in that moment and be able to bring it forward and bring her to a better mind space and be able to calm her through really tapping into that preserved memory, but then helping to bring her to a happier memory down the line and getting her to then have closure. Um, so oftentimes for family members, the frustration is, is not knowing what to say, not understanding what their loved one is saying, um, feeling awkward, feeling nervous. And, and we know that individuals with dementia pick up on all that. They're very sensitive. They pick up when we're nervous. They pick up when we're apprehensive. And then they become insecure and nervous. Um, you know, oftentimes individuals will not be able to remember that we visited, but they will be able to connect with the emotions that that visit brought to them. Um, I have patients that clearly will not remember who I am and their preserved memory, but when I come, they smile. And oftentimes their eyes just brighten. And I know that they're connecting emotionally with me and, and really sensing what I bring to them in terms of emotion and perhaps joy through my visits. So I help family members to be able to work through a number of techniques to do that through connecting and, and, and looking at not just um, where the person is, but, but taking where they have been through visuals, through, through verbalizations, through body language and more. You know, um, I often suggest to people that when they, they go into, say, in the morning, if somebody's just woken up to help them get started for the day, you know, to, to walk in smiling or to walk in singing. 
But that wasn't anything that I knew about when we had Mike's dad. I would very often walk into the room trying to think, what am I facing now? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And again, like you said, that that tension, uh, I'm sure that he felt it. And with his his many um, illnesses, including uh, Louis Louis body dementia and schizophrenia, he was already suspicious of people. Yeah. So if if I could have followed the advice I give people now, <laughs> our day would have started very differently. And I th- I think that's an excellent tip that you just shared. Thank you. I think it's also important for caregivers to find some sort of respite along the way. And and I know oftentimes when you say the word respite, you know, I know myself, I would roll my eyes and, and, and caregivers say, well, that would be lovely. And how will we accomplish that? Mm-hmm. Um, but but there are ways to to achieve respite without going away. You know, I, I for myself, you know, I would have laughed at this years ago and said, oh, yeah, that's great. Sure. Meditation, mindfulness, whatever, you know, and dismissed what I thought was hooey. But but for me, just taking five minutes to sit at my desk in quiet and take that time for me to just breathe, focusing on my breathing, putting on some soft music, relaxing, clearing my mind. And just being mindful for a moment and being in the moment made all the difference for me. And almost everyone can fit that in. You know, um, my sister starts every day thinking, if I make someone laugh today, <laughs> I've done my job. <laughs> um, and, and I think that would that is a great thing. Now, I am much more introverted than she is. You think? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that that's a skill that she has and she draws people to her and, and you know, and people love her because who doesn't want who, who doesn't want to laugh? As, yeah. as Mike says, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> so if if we can think of how can we start the day positive? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to laugh because if anybody was more introverted than I, it was Mike's dad. So, <laughs> uh, well, I, I know for me. You know, I try to uh, be proactive with my day. And sometimes, you know, I, I work with family members and, and, and try and help them to get past some of their triggers, uh-huh. you know, for anxiety and even anger, to be honest, along the way. You know, you, anger is going to always be there. You know, something's going to irritate you throughout your day, but it's, it's how you manage that anger. It's what you do with that that makes all the difference. And, and sometimes it's just looking at your day and making some modifications and, and, and trying to get some control over the aspects that you can, um, when, when there's uncertainty, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty as a caregiver and there's a great deal of uncertainty when you're a dementia caregiver, but taking control of what you can and being proactive, Uh, For me, you know, I knew that my family member was, you know, usually, and I can't say every day, but most days she did have a pattern of waking up around 8 a.m. So for me, I would be proactive in taking a little bit of time to kind of get myself on track. I take a few minutes just for me to clear my mind, to set my intention for the day. Like you're saying, you know, laughter is the best medicine, but, but really starting fresh, you know, really with a blank slate every day by clearing your mind, setting the right intention, taking a moment initially for you to just breathe can make all the difference in what your day looks like. And, and so I'm still in the habit of doing that every morning. 
And every evening before I go to bed, I do the same. And it's not a long time. You know, you don't have to sit there for 45 minutes meditating because that for most people would be impossible. Um, but say, setting aside something that's realistic, even two to three minutes of just sitting there and having that time for you and setting that intention can make all the difference for the day. You know, Karen, there's there's two things I, I want to touch on before our time is up. And one of them is what does a professional care manager do for the client? And then as kind of a sub question to that, I read your wellness blog on elementals of when to hire a care manager. If you can touch on those two things, what does a professional care manager do and when to hire? Sure. Well, you know, a professional care manager wears a lot of different hats and we're all a little bit different. Some of us, uh, you know, go into care management from a social work background. Um, some go from other healthcare related backgrounds. And myself, you know, I, I'm a nurse and a master's prepared nurse and have a background with some training as a nurse practitioner, although I do not practice as one. I practice as a care manager. Um, so some of us really are very focused clinically, while others are focused on, on some of the other supportive areas. Um, care managers really look at holistic practice. You know, we're looking at our patients, especially, um, you know, in, in my practice, we're looking at our patients from a number of areas. One, you know, we do a very good chronology generally of our clients looking at their past medical history, understanding all the holistic elements of them, including their expressed wishes for the future and, and, and those components. And then we act as a liaison to make sure the care and quality is kept on track. We also try to maximize funds for care and minimize costs and unnecessary costs. Along the way, um, we're looking at a lot of quality measures. Um, if someone has an inpatient stay, expediting care, expediting services, making sure that errors don't happen. I mean, sadly, in this healthcare environment, I catch probably five to eight errors on every hospital admission, sadly. Um, so oftentimes it does pay to have a care manager to make sure that you're really avoiding any any challenges um, along the way in skilled nursing, if that has to happen, in terms of assisted living and looking at quality of care and participating in care plan meetings. And then also we interface and do a lot of, in terms of our practice, long-term care planning. Um, you know, not all care managers do, but we do interface with um, elder law to make sure appropriate documents are in place. We do emergency planning to make sure that there's stability and a good plan is in place for safety long-term um, for, for the individual. Um, looking at also financials, uh, making sure that you know there are funds available for the future. And if funds are not available, maximizing entitlement programs and options to pay for care and, and helping individuals also to understand their, their covered benefits, their insurance, um, working with um, care providers, skilled nursing, home care services, therapy services, and acting really as that key point of contact and that liaison to keep all parties communicating effectively and to keep care, quality, and all on track in alignment with really the expressed wishes of the individual being paramount. Um, care management really is patient-focused or client-focused care taken to that next level with really an expert in aging and services providing that support 
guidance and and advice along the way. Other than that, what do you do? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's funny because you know one day I should probably post this video. The one day we were kind of joking around the office, and 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 I was collecting stuff for like a photo booth, and I'm like, I'm a care manager. I was like, I was shoving all these hats on because literally that's what it's like. You know, we don't have cookie cutter people. You know, and and everyone has a different need. Sometimes people need help with relocation, and what does that look like? You know, it's not just moving; it's finding the right fit. It's having a relocation plan. It's minimizing for those with cognitive impairment, relocation trauma that we know generally will happen. Um, For individuals that are a long distance move, you know, how can we make that the most efficient, effective, and and, and ensure that all aspects for quality are in place? For someone who's having challenging dementia behaviors, what does that look like? It's not just medications. You know, putting together a daily customized routine for the individual, which and, and, and customized programming, working to educate caregivers, private duty staff, care communities to understand what that looks like. And, and even down to palliative care and hospice, making sure people understand, healthcare providers, families, what to expect, how, how we can, can, can express the best for their loved one in terms of understanding and helping rather individuals understand what their care situation should look like. So it's a lot of different things. It certainly is. <laughs> and, you know, you provided a great overview. It's hard to summarize. It really is. But the bottom line is it's tailored to the individual. It's not a checklist. Oh, yeah. And if we leave our listeners with nothing else, make sure that you are doing a whole myriad of things. And if that's hiring a care manager, hire the care manager if you can. Yeah, and and honestly, sometimes we will see, we're sort of like that insurance policy. You know, we'll see an individual early on, we'll do an evaluation, we'll do a long-term care plan with them. You know, personally, we have a long-term care planning template that we encourage all of our families to do. And then if there is really a stable situation, we'll provide some guidance and try and create stability. And then for some of our clients, yes, they need us more often. And for others, we're sort of like that security deposit or that insurance plan (laughs) that is sitting there. And then when you have something that happens, we're there to kind of, you know, swoop in and and help to create stability yet again and to guide next steps. So one of the things that I didn't know at the beginning of this, and I, I have to believe a lot of people now still don't realize how many resources are available. And by listening to what you've shared with us today, I know I certainly learned a great deal and, and our listeners will as well. You're not alone. You don't have to be alone. There's help out there. And we are thrilled that you joined us today to share this information. Yes, Karen, thank you so much for taking the time. We know you're busy, obviously, by doing all the things that you do, um, that you took the time to talk to us and to talk to our listeners. And we really, really appreciate it and really thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. You know, it's giving back to the community and educating is something that I think should be really at the core uh, of every aging life care professional's job. So, you know, we try to always take time to do things such as this. And again, thank you. 
You will find more information about Karen and links to the Elementals website and social media, and some more information about us on our show website, DementiaSpotlight.show. This has been Dementia Spotlight, tips, truths, and straight talk about Alzheimer's and the many other forms of dementia. You can find more information about us on our show website at DementiaSpotlight.show. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. Bobby and I would love to hear from you, answer any questions you might have, or just find out how you're doing. Follow us on Twitter at Bobby Carducci2 and at Michael Carducci4. To schedule us for your event, go to bobbycarducci.com website or email info at bobbycarducci.com. Dementia Spotlight is produced by Carducci Caregiving Consulting, LLC. 